everyone. My name is Michelle and welcome to Romcom Weekly. Today, my friend Narupa is with me and we're talking about the movie 27 Dresses. Hi, Narupa. Hey, Michelle. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for doing this. Of course. I'm excited. Me too. So a few things about this movie. It was released in January of 2008. It's directed by Anne Fletcher, written by Aline Brosh McKenna, it stars Katherine Heigl, James Marsden, Ed Burns, and Malin Ackerman. The IMDb.com summary is, After serving as a bridesmaid 27 times, a young woman wrestles with the idea of standing by her sister's side as her sibling marries the man she's secretly in love with. It has a 6.1 on IMDb, and it made more than $162 million worldwide. All right, Narupa, what are you giving this movie on a scale from <laughs> 1 to 10? So I had a tough time doing this because when rating movies, it's about rating how good of a rom-com it is versus, you know, to an outside watcher who doesn't Mm. necessarily like rom-coms, would they like it as much? So I'm going to go with a 6.5. No way. Mm -hmm. I'm giving it a 6.5 as well. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So off the bat, it seems like we have kind of like the same feelings and ideas of what this movie is to us. But why did you choose to talk about this movie and what's your relationship with it? There are a ton of movies that I want to discuss with you. (laughs) I know this is my first one. Yeah. But this was on the top of the list of movies when when I looked through the list. And I thought to myself, this sounds like a good one to start with. I love weddings. I love talking about weddings. And so I thought this was a very cute, fun, enjoyable movie. I didn't think it was anything mind-blowing, but Mm -hmm. it was fun. It's rewatchable. I've seen it a few times. So I just wanted the first podcast I did with you to be something light and fun. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. It's light. It's fun. You know, I also love weddings. And I know you've been to your share of weddings, which I'm excited. (laughs) We're definitely going to dive into that. But yeah, this movie came out in 2008 again. So I think it came out at a time where we were a little bit too young for the wedding circuit, right? Like we were graduating college, so not a lot of our friends were getting married off the bat. Right. So for me, I think I started rewatching this movie a little bit later after this movie came out, just because I started identifying more with it as someone who was going to more and more weddings and starting to become a bridesmaid. So yeah, it kind of hits a little different once you start going through the motions of your friends getting married. Agreed. So I would be remiss off the jump if, since this is about Jane, played by Katherine Heigl, who has been a bridesmaid 27 times. I have to ask you, how many times have you been a bridesmaid? So I've actually only been a bridesmaid four times, Mm -hmm. even though I've probably been to over 100 weddings. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But you know, that's from probably childhood until now. Um, And then once you yourself get married and you have a partner and then all of their friends weddings you know it just kind mm. of multiplies so but actually a bridesmaid four times which has been great because it's really fun to be a bridesmaid but it's also really fun to not be a bridesmaid yes. so you can <laughs> enjoy the wedding so I can see it both ways it's fun but now as I'm older I definitely enjoy just attending the wedding not having responsibilities and just getting to enjoy the fun aspects of the wedding Totally. So I think before you ever are a bridesmaid, you're like, oh, I can't wait to be a bridesmaid. It looks like so much fun because you see all this stuff in movies and you read about it. It seems fun to be that person for your friend getting married. But then once you start being a bridesmaid, you're like, okay, this is a lot, (laughs) a lot of time, a lot of work, a lot of money. But I was trying to think back how many times I've been a bridesmaid. I think I've been a bridesmaid around a handful of times. 
like mm-hmm. five. I think I was mm-hmm. a bridesmaid twice for like family and then three or four times uh, for friends. So even just being a bridesmaid a handful of times, I'm kind of like, you know, I think I'm good. I'm good. I don't need to be a bridesmaid 27 times. Definitely not. And you're right. When you think about it, when you're younger, sometimes at some wedding, it's like, oh, I wish I were a bridesmaid. I wish I were chosen to be a bridesmaid. And then Mm. later you realize, you know, it is a great honor, but it's also enjoyable to be a regular guest. Exactly. And not have a million things to be doing during the wedding, except just enjoying it. Yeah. I think that comes with age and time and experience though, because you got to go through it to realize, you know, the grass is always greener. I think I'm good. Right. And I think as brides too, now that I see more weddings of some of my friends in their 30s compared to in their you know mid to late 20s, mm-hmm. they even don't even have bridesmaids anymore. It's not as big of a thing, I think. I think there still are bridesmaids, mm-hmm. but some people just have either a sibling or a maid of honor or a best man or not even, and they just have a wedding so that they kind of get rid of all those typical bridesmaid rules and parts of the wedding that come with being a bridesmaid. I've observed that as well. Um, And I wonder if it is like just a getting married a little bit older, just because by nature of life, like your circle of friends gets a little bit smaller. Right. Or if people just don't want to bother with the bridesmaid hoopla. So yeah, that's an interesting trend for sure. Okay, so let's get into some specifics here. What are some things you like about the movie? Well, first, actually, I'm going to say James Marsden is very dreamy, so I cast him really well. And I think, actually, I was looking back on his um, IMDb in terms of other movies or shows that he's been on, and it actually, before this movie, I think I recognized him, but I didn't really know who he was, and he's done a few bigger things since then, I think, Mm -hmm. more so than before, because I can't remember the timing of when he was in the X-Men movies, so maybe I recognized him from there. Right. But, you know, he's not a main character in those movies, but he's there. And it was just like, oh, wow, superhero. And now, you know, rom-com. Man. Mm-hmm. You know? So that was that was a fun part of the movie. But also, I just think it was a fun concept. We talked about being a bridesmaid. It's kind of funny to just see it portrayed as things you might also be thinking as a bridesmaid. And that, mm-hmm. you know, everybody thinks that the whole concept of sometimes some brides make it a little bit more difficult. Sometimes it's an easygoing bride. And obviously in this one, as she's quoted to be a bridezilla at one point in the movie, mm-hmm. you know, it was just funny to see it on that side because people still do it for you, but sometimes they're not actually enjoying every aspect of doing it as the bride might think people want to be doing what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, the whole Bridezilla thing. Yikes, for sure. <laughs> but I actually want to go back to what you said about James Marsden, because he's one of my favorite parts of this movie. Mm-hmm. Similar to you, I was trying to think back about his film career. And yeah, he, we know him as Cyclops from the X-Men. I think that's how I first came to know him. And I think right before this movie, he did Enchanted, that Disney movie with Amy Adams. Yes. Okay. And I loved him in that. Yes. He's so charming. He's so talented, right? He can sing. He can act. He's really attractive. And I think he, he's in The Notebook. Not that I think. I know he's in The Notebook. Yes, I just don't remember right. when that movie came out. So I think this movie is his first lead in a rom-com. And I realized I really like him in this role. And I wish that he did more of these. I mean, there's still time for him to do it. But I, I wish he was in this world a little bit more. Because in the movies, like in The Notebook and in Enchanted, he's the guy who doesn't get the girl. Right. Yeah, he's the other guy. So mm-hmm. this is the first time I think we've seen him get the girl and we're we're kind of rooting for him. Yeah, handsome, so chiseled. He's in <laughs> Westworld, yes, you know? Like yes, that's kind yes. of where his career has gone a little bit. Yes. Very different than a rom-com. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But sorry, yeah, please continue. Anything else? Um, yeah, so one other thing I was going to say was, you know, 
we grew up in New Jersey and we understand the craziness of New York City weddings, whereas Mm -hmm. people who might have grown up in other parts of the country and I have lived in the Midwest for four years and it's just different. It's, Mm. you know, the idea of spending so much on a wedding and having it be such a big deal isn't necessarily the way that it's looked at all over the country. And so I kind of related to it just growing up in this area that I can imagine that, you know, the boathouse in Central Park, I mean, many people want to get married there that, you know, I related to it. And I do love rom-coms that take place in New York City because it's, you know, right here. (laughs) It's like in our backyard, for sure. Exactly. But that's an interesting thought. I never thought about that, actually, about how weddings are kind of like this bigger event based on where you live. And I guess that makes sense. Because I think if in New York, you kind of have this big romantic idea of having a New York wedding and mm-hmm. it's big and glitzy and all that. But yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. It's a good point. But you mentioned Central Park Boathouse. I think this movie influenced me when I was planning my own wedding. I definitely checked out the venue, uh, did a whole tour of the venue. It's a beautiful place. I think this movie maybe put that spot on the map for getting married. I'm not entirely sure how that chronologically played out, but... Yeah, New York weddings are its own beast. Right. (laughs) For sure. What are your thoughts on Katherine Heigl in this movie? I think I liked her. I mean, it's interesting. She was on Grey's Anatomy, and Mm -hmm. I think that's where I knew her first from. I mean, I think she was also on Roswell when I was looking her up. I said, oh, "Oh my gosh, she was on that show. That (laughs) was a long time ago. And so, you know, knowing her character, but it was also interesting whenever I think of all of her movies, because I do enjoy it when I was looking her up too. Knocked Up was the year before, and I really Mm -hmm. enjoyed that movie because I went in with very low expectations. I was very pleasantly surprised. It was very funny. Mm -hmm. And so, but you know, you read about her and sometimes some of the articles that come out about her that she's not the easiest to work with on set. So it's interesting that she keeps getting movies and she's still acting. I mean, she has new Netflix series and, you know, she's still wanted as a lead role in many movies. And so I think she does a good job. I think she was fun, you know, her versus her character. That's a different story. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I think she did a good job. Yeah, I I confess, I really like her in this movie. Knocked Up, you mentioned, she's great and all that. Well, so Knocked Up, I, I guess, I do qualify that as a rom-com, but it's more calm on, than the rom, right? Right, right. I think she pulls it off as a lead. I really liked her. I think she had some really fun physical comedy bits and her facial expressions were just really fun. But in terms of the character of Jane, I do think that I related to her quite a bit as this people pleaser. I mean, she is very exaggerated. Like she, it's problematic, obviously, her need to please people. But at the core of who she is, she just wants people around her to be happy. You mentioned like Grey's Anatomy and like the press that she's done. And yeah, I kind of feel bad for Katherine Heigl. And maybe this movie kind of got a little bit of flack in, the, in terms of the timing of when this came out, because Knocked Up had come out and she did press and she admittedly said it wasn't a positive experience for her. And then at the time, things on Grey's Anatomy started to turn for her. She wasn't super proud of the work she was doing on that show and she was very vocal about it. So mm-hmm. I do wonder if the public kind of turned on Katherine Heigl at this time when this movie came out, or maybe it, that happened later. But either way, I feel like we were kind of mean to her as the general public to Katherine Heigl. But yeah, I'm glad that she's still doing work. And what was that Netflix show that? Firefly Lane. Yes, Firefly Lane. It was entertaining. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Katherine Heigl, I feel a little bad for her, but I think she did a good job here. Same. And I have to shout out Judy Greer as once again, the sidekick best friend. (laughs) Her character name is Casey and she's so sassy in this one. 
I really liked her in this. I mean, we'll get to it, but you know, in terms yeah. of favorite characters, she's definitely one of my favorites. She's always she always brings a lot to the movie, even though she's always the co-star. You know, she's never the mm-hmm. main actress, but she does such a good job. Agree. I do want to ask you a question. Do you read wedding vows in the paper like the character Jane does? No, I haven't. And it's interesting about the wedding vows in the paper, because obviously in New York, the New York Times, right? Not the New York Mm -hmm. Journal, but in the Times, the wedding section. I mean, these days, I don't know if people are into it. I think that's a little bit more of an old school mentality in terms Mm -hmm. of everyone wanting to be presented in the paper, because now you have social media, you have online, right? But back in the day, that might have been the only way someone knew people were going to be getting married to to extended, you know, maybe acquaintances for them to find out or Mm -hmm. business colleagues or something that you might not necessarily invite to the wedding, but that would still be aware of a wedding happening. And it's funny, the concept came up for our wedding, because my mother in law had asked if we wanted to submit to be in there. But our idea was that we actually are not very social media heavy. And so Mm -hmm. we really didn't want our names out there just in the paper. It wasn't ever something I dreamed about, like, oh, I can't wait for my Mm. picture to be in the paper. That was never my dream. So I get how people can want that and how they see that as, oh, great, we were in the paper and our story is out there. But no, I haven't really read that. Yeah. So I confess, I I used to read it a lot. (laughs) I used to read the wedding section a lot. And I still do from time to time, uh, specifically in the New York Times. And for someone who loved to read the vows, I never had a goal to be in the paper just because it seemed kind of stiff and yeah, old school, I guess. And when you read these vows and announcements of people getting married, it's very... It, it just looks good on paper, right? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, the bride went to like an Ivy League school and right. works at such hedge fund <laughs> and same does the groom. And then like they also list the careers of their parents as if that has any important <laughs> merit of what this marriage is. So to me, that's kind of why I steered clear of doing that. I was like, I don't need to prove that. I don't know. I look good on paper to people. It's just like this is it's fine. But I do know people who have really put a lot of value in getting oh, written up in the paper. And I think if it, you know, there was a little bit more of a romantic twist to it. I mean, I guess Mm. they do, but I think the old school ones were just, yeah, who are you? You know, it's basically a resume of the side of the family. And to us, that's not that important. (laughs) So for sure. But I do enjoy reading and I do love reading love stories and how things came about. And, you know, and that's why I like rom-coms because it's, you know, they're fun love stories. It's, it's interesting to think about and, you know, love stories make me happy. So yeah, exactly. They're just fun and lighthearted and they're an escape from like the dark real world that we live in now. Yep. Okay. So what are some things you don't like about this movie? I was thinking about it, even though I gave it a 6.5, there wasn't that much I didn't really like. I know on your podcast and in general, we talk about because neither of us are Caucasian in terms of diversity Mm -hmm. in the movie. There really wasn't much. Every main yeah. character was Caucasian. I mean, Pedro, his little brother, is Hispanic. <laughs> and then and then Malin Ackerman's character is like, hola, Pedro. And I'm like, really? This is kind of ridiculous. And then George doesn't even say anything to her. Like, yeah. you know, he's, he's American. He grew up here. Oh, so that was yeah. like ridiculous. And then Kevin's friend Trent, the uh, reporter friend, is mm-hmm. actually Indian in real life. Although with the name Trent, I'm assuming they just played him as a any character, not necessarily Indian, but he mm-hmm. is Indian. So I haven't really seen him in anything else. So that might have been his one claim to fame. I don't yeah. know. But, but that was kind of nice to see being an Indian also myself to see someone Indian on screen. But again, he's a very minor role, but so minor. he's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he looks so familiar to me and I couldn't put my finger on who he is. So the actor's name is Malik Panchali. 
I don't okay. know if I pronounced his name right, but he's actually on 30 Rock. So he plays Alec Baldwin's assistant, I think, on that oh, show. Oh, I don't really watch that show. So, okay, I'll have to check yeah, it out. Yeah, <laughs> same. I maybe watched like the first two seasons, but I, I think, yeah, he's not a major character in that show either. But uh, okay. yeah, it was kind of a throwaway, in, in my opinion, about just casting Kevin's colleague who has zero weight in this movie to be the only person of color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's tiring. It's exhausting to repeatedly see that there's just no people of color representation in rom-coms. But as we delve into the newer movies, because I know on your podcast too, you've done some of the newer Netflix ones and there's Mm -hmm. way more diversity now, which is nice to see the change. But, you know, still a lot of the mainstream ones that were in theaters, even in the past five years, right? There's not Mm -hmm. as much diversity, but I think it's changing slowly. You're you're right. That's a positive way of, of thinking about it. It's changing. Things are getting better. So I think that there, one of the reasons that I don't like this movie is that there's just so many WTFs for me, (laughs) (laughs) which, you know, we'll get into the actual WTFs, but I think one of the reasons I didn't like it, there was just so many, there there might be some overlap here, but, you know, for me, the the relationship that Jane has with her sister, Tess, Mm -hmm. Mullen Ackerman's character, you know, I get it. It's sweet. There's heartbreak when their kids, mom dies. So Jane plays this role. But it it just got really frustrating for me at a certain point where I was like, why can't Jane? I know she's a people pleaser and she has, I don't know, zero boundaries, I guess. But she really just cannot muster up any kind of strength to tell her sister the truth about her feelings for George. And upon rewatch, I just I feel bad for her, but I'm also mad at her. And I just can't sympathize that much anymore maybe when I was younger when I was more of a people pleaser it's like oh yeah I feel for her but now that you're older you're like you gotta you gotta speak your truth at some point totally agree and you know in terms of being the people pleaser I still remember too when Tess walks into her apartment after she picks up she's like it's so small and so (laughs) cute and then she's just like I would have been like oh yeah why don't you try to pay for an apartment in New York City that would be my response and I didn't think it was that small it looked really nice actually for an apartment. It's such a big apartment. I know. (laughs) Yeah Tess is just very hard to like but because Jane loves her baby sister you're like okay maybe she has some redeeming qualities. Right. But yeah she's just a brat and she's selfish but sometimes you're like that's just how she was raised and she had no one to say no to her but (laughs) Tess, Tess is problematic to me. Yes. (laughs) And the other thing, which isn't necessarily a big thing that I don't like about movies, but I think I'm kind of lukewarm about this movie, at least in my rating, is that there's no real high emotional impacts. Like I was not moved at tears. It's not an emotional watch. There's not a lot of heart for me in this movie. I agree. It was fun and it's cute to watch. You know, sometimes I would, you know, maybe have it on while I'm cleaning up or something, you know, Mm -hmm. like you don't need to be glued to it. And you're right. Even though I did really enjoy it. Right. A lot of rom-coms I do tear up at points, even if it's like a certain thing they're talking about or the way the wedding is. But it was just, okay, that's cute. That's nice. But, you know, you didn't feel super connected or super emotionally affected by it. Yeah. So are there any general themes that you took away from this movie? Uh, Well, the people being the people pleaser and not letting people keep you as a pushover, if you might be Mm -hmm. one. I tend to be pretty vocal, so I don't really relate to that. I mean, I do like to please people in terms of I go out of my way for people. But if it's getting to be ridiculous, I am able to separate and say no. And I don't think that 
caring about someone means you do everything for them and Mm -hmm. never give an opposing opinion to try to have a real conversation or say, well, have you ever looked at it this way? Not just always going along with what they want. And Mm -hmm. But it's interesting because when Jane explains it, she does say, it's not my day, so whatever they want. But you know, it's also like you would ask a bride, is this really what you want? Does this really matter to you that much? Mm -hmm. You know, so that may be, you know, as a recurring theme and how Jane evolves. And then um, not sure if it's a real theme, but also interesting how Tess feel like Tess also just as a character, obviously we both don't really love and but Mm -hmm. she, you know, lying about everything in the beginning Mm -hmm. of a relationship. And so I thought back to, you know, maybe if you went on a first couple dates, you might say, oh, yeah, sure, I like that. But then once you become really involved with someone, you'd be like, you know, actually, I don't like doing that. And again, me being a very vocal and honest person, mm-hmm. like I don't hide anything from my husband. He knows exactly what I'm feeling when mm-hmm. I'm feeling it. But so the fact that she can get away with all these little things, and yeah, it might seem like just little things, but it comes down to the core of who she is and who he is and they, George is, and they don't really have any interests. And even when he talks about when he proposes, you know, my parents loved everything about each other and they were so honest and they had such a great marriage. And I've been waiting my whole life to have that with someone. And it's like, this is the complete opposite of what you want. Yeah. You don't even know, or you're just blind to it because she's a pretty face, you know? So, yeah. so that sort of a thing where just looking at relationships and how some people dive in and whereas others might say, no, I'm going to be honest from the beginning. I don't want to waste time with somebody who's not telling me the truth about who mm-hmm. they are. And then just kind of the wedding theme, Bridezilla, obviously, you know, that was pretty intense and fun. And I loved when she read the article and it's like, (laughs) it was just so good because obviously you think of Bridezilla's, but you don't really think of them stomping around New York City and the way, because they're in New York City. It just, it was great. It was so good. (laughs) Yeah. Mullen Ackerman breaking down in that scene was pretty comical. I loved it. (laughs) Yeah. I agree with you. The themes that I took away also is just like learning to say no. Mm-hmm. And I think this also is something that might come with age. When you were sharing about, you know, the first thing that you mentioned, like, have you always been this way? Like ever since you were a kid that you, you wouldn't call yourself a people pleaser. Is that right? Correct. I think I am loyal and I will do anything for anybody. But I think that's mm-hmm. different than saying, well, they asked me to do it. So I should probably do it because I want to make sure they like me or I want to make mm-hmm. sure they're happy. Obviously, it's definitely evolved as I've been older. Mm-hmm. I have been able to set more boundaries when I'm older because younger, when someone asks you for help, you'll say, okay. And then I would sleep two hours less because I said, well, I said I would get this done. And then I would realize, you know what? When I ask people for things, they don't always get it done right away and they're not losing sleep over finishing a task. So why am I doing this for everybody? And I enjoy doing it if it's something important. But when it's little things or things that don't necessarily need to be done right then and there and for someone, I have learned to say, you know what? I can't do it this week. So Mm-hmm. Or next time, ask me sooner. Don't ask me last minute when it's something you, you've known you needed to have done for a very long time. So right. I think it's, I've never been the one who will always say yes. I've, I've always stuck up for myself and been vocal and honest, but I do still want to please people. But as I've been older, have realized you're not going to ever please anyone. Even if you do everything that they want, there's just going to be people who don't like you and that's okay. Right. So yeah. you're not going to mesh with everybody. And so I think definitely I have evolved, but I've always been a stronger self of saying no than mm-hmm. Jane's character. I mean, exactly. Like you said, she's an exaggerated version of a people pleaser, Yeah, but it was there. And I think everyone evolves as they get older and realize what's important. You know, in the beginning, mm-hmm. you just want everyone to be your friend when you're a kid. And, you know, in middle school, especially it's like, yeah. well, I want them to like me. So, okay, I'll go do that for you, you know, <laughs> but yep. 
later on you realize if people are just making you do things for them and either, you know, you don't do things for people to get thanks or to have anything reciprocated necessarily. But if you do find you're on the one sided part of a relationship doing everything, you know, that's not great. It's not a good Mm -hmm. feeling. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think for me, I was definitely uh, a pretty active people pleaser, but I think with age for me, it's about learning more boundaries. It's okay to say no or just like say, hey, I'll get this to you when I can get this to you versus stopping everything and doing that thing for that person. So yeah, I think for me, it's been a continuous journey to stand up and advocate for oneself. Definitely. And it'll continue. I think when we chat again in 20 years, we'll say, oh yeah, and I'm even better at it now than I was in my 30s. We'll have like zero fucks the older we get. It's like, nope. (laughs) Nope. No, thanks. (laughs) No, thanks. I know. Okay. So let's talk favorite scenes. Do you have one or a few here? A few. I don't have just one. And some of them are major ones and some are little, but I guess I'll go with the likely answer for most people or that I would assume, which Mm -hmm. is trying on the dresses. I love that scene. Mm. Like, it's a long scene. It's really when Kevin and Jane get a little bit more comfortable with each other. Um, it's also some WTF with it because it's like, why is he taking all these pictures? Isn't she like, why are mm. you taking these pictures? Yeah, good point. Good Makes point. no sense. Um, but I think it was just fun. It was fun to see the ridiculous outfits. And I have been to many weddings and many of those would never be a wedding that I would ever be attending. <laughs> I don't know if my friends just don't, aren't that eclectic, I guess. I don't know. But yeah. it was just really fun. And it was fun for her to just see that her loosen up a little bit because she's mm. not necessarily uptight, but, you know, just her, you know, very, I guess, proper personality. And then just see her loosen up a little bit and talk about the weddings. And then when they would flash back to scenes of the weddings and then the funny one was the Asian one where she is like <laughs> ducking down because she can't look too tall in the pictures, you know. So I just thought the whole scene was yeah. fun. It was cute. And they were becoming playful with each other. And, you know, she was annoyed with him for all the movie until then where she, you know, actually enjoyed opening up to him a little bit. So Mm -hmm. I thought that was nice. So I really enjoyed that scene. Yeah, that's a great scene. Have you kept your bridesmaids dresses for the ones that you've been a part in? Um, Well, some of them have been Indian weddings. So I still have the saris because they can be worn easily again to another event. Mm -hmm. And then one of the other ones I kept and then one of the other ones I did not because the color was bright and I probably wouldn't Mm. have an occasion to wear it again. Yeah. I love how you said that you could rewear the saris. Uh, they repeatedly say that <laughs> yes. in this movie, you can shorten it and wear it again. Definitely. So true. But I love that line. And then also, because it's the Indian wedding in the beginning, and the, you know, the yeah. one of the weddings she goes to, I'm like, you can't shorten a sari. What are you talking about? You know, it's just <laughs> so funny. But again, it's like, you want me to shorten this already ridiculous looking dress? Like, that's not going to happen. You know, yeah, sometimes, yeah. sometimes it definitely can be reworn and used again. You know, and I think these days, more of the weddings I've been to, people have just let like or picked a color and said, just wear any dress in this color, you know, or given people Mm -hmm. choices and the colors don't tend to necessarily be always so bright and so different that it might not be something someone could wear again. So I think that has also evolved. And again, it could be that if we went to a 24 year old's wedding, they would still be doing things that we would never do in a wedding again, but we have evolved with time, you know, so I think that changes things too. But do you have your dresses? I do. I've kept all the dresses. Um, I have not reworn them, though. Like, that's not a thing. Because when it comes down to it, a bridesmaid's dress looks like a bridesmaid's dress, even Mm -hmm. if you pick a color and a scheme. For example, one of my girlfriends that got married, she let us pick the silhouette and the dress, but we all had to be in gold sequins. 
So it's like, <laughs> it's a great look. Don't get me wrong. And I picked out a dress that looked flattering on me. But, you know, my life has changed a lot. When am I ever going to go out and wear a gold sequin dress again? Right. So for me, it's just not having the occasions to rewear these dresses too. Agreed. And if I were to go to a wedding, like a black tie wedding, I don't know if I would walk in with a gold sequin dress as a wedding guest. I mean, maybe, but I I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I guess you could wear it for some fancy New Year's party someday or some gala if you go to, you know, something like that. But definitely true. One of my friends had been a bridesmaid at a wedding. And the only thing the bride had said was everybody wore black and they just did bright flowers. And she said, any dress you want that's black. So she just had her own dress that was nice and black anyway and just wore Mm. that. And the pictures actually looked really nice because it's not a focus. You know, you think when you're planning the focus is the dresses and all of these things, you know, but it still came together nicely. So that I thought was a nice idea because Mm -hmm. other bridesmaids didn't have to go necessarily buy something and it was already a dress she had clearly worn for something else. So you can always rewear that and that you actually can. So I think brides are becoming a little bit more lax too as we've gotten older maybe, or maybe just the trends. I can't tell which one it is because I haven't been to a 20-something-year-old's wedding in a while. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's also just maybe, well, I haven't been to a wedding in a very long time since we're in 2021, still in a pandemic. I feel like a lot of brides these days are trying to spin their own they're bucking tradition, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. So they, they'll do whatever they want to do, whether mm-hmm. it be matching dresses or not matching dresses. It's just a way to show their own personality. Mm-hmm. So I confess for one of my favorite scenes, it's, it shouldn't be a favorite scene because it's a terrible scene, is uh, you mentioned it already, is when Tess meets Pedro for the first time mm-hmm. and she shouts, hola, Pedro. <laughs> okay, so it's terrible. It's a thousand percent wrong. But I snorted with laughter because (laughs) Tess is a terrible person. I know. She's the worst. And she's like, she's unabashedly terrible. And yeah, WTF George, why doesn't he correct her? It's kind of weird, but it just further proves how terrible Tess is. (laughs) You're kind of glad that she's embarrassing herself because she's just not that likable. Exactly. Hola, Pedro. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So bad. Um, one of the scenes I really like is actually the opening scene. Um, it is a WTF. Yes. But <laughs> it's a huge WTF, which we can definitely like break this apart more if we'd like to. The two weddings back and forth. I think it grabs your attention right away. And we immediately get to know who Jane is off the bat. Like she's the kind of person who would do this. It's so unrealistic, obviously, but we're seeing the lengths that she's going to, to, to make these two weddings in a night work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, if I cut you off, do you have any other no, favorite no. scenes? Well, yeah, so we'll talk about that in the WTF moments, because yes, <laughs> lots of comments on that, especially with a sari in a car, and you probably don't really know how to put on a sari by yourself, and you're doing that in a car. That's very, very WTF, but... <laughs> I love it. That's let's, um, let's a great segue. Let's, let's yeah. just do it now. Yeah. Okay. So, yes, I have, <laughs> from that first night, I literally have so many notes right I here. I love so, it. Tell me. Number one... She also does the final fitting for her friend and says, "Yes, oh, I'm so glad we're the same size. And I just laughed and I said, one, that is impossible. And two, who would wait until the night of their wedding to have someone else try it on? I mean, did she wear the same heels that she was going to wear to make sure the height was, I mean, everything needs to be perfect. There is no way two people have the exact same fit that the what might, people might call the most important fitted dress of your life mm-hmm. is to be worn that you could trust that someone else could wear it and then carry it there for you. Yes, that Ugh. makes no sense. So, you know, did she wear the same heels? Everything needs to be perfect for your wedding gown, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I guess you don't care. So that was totally funny. And also, 
what if was something that needed to be hemmed last minute? Did, would the seamstress do it in five seconds? I mean, she had to get to the wedding. So that was just ridiculous. But, you know, comical, yeah. but just WTF for sure. Outrageous. And then in terms of being two weddings. So I will say I've never had two weddings of super close people on the same day. I've had to say no to some when they were, you know, a lot of times Labor Day weekends or Memorial Day weekends, which mm-hmm. are popular wedding weekends. You need to go to more than one. But for me, I've been lucky. They've been local or I could get to the other one the next day or... Or because mm-hmm. it's a three-day weekend, not everybody does the main thing on Saturday. Some people do it Sunday. So it has worked out for me. I haven't had to do that. I could see you going to two weddings in the same night, but not without telling somebody that that is your plan, right? Like I wouldn't mm-hmm. hide that. I would say, listen, I have both of your weddings and I want to be there for you. I will be at the beginning of this one and I will go to the end or whatever it is mm-hmm. because they thank her, both of them, you know, as they're showing the scene side by side, they both thank her. What if she weren't there at that moment to receive the thanks? Yeah. So, you know, it just, it didn't make any sense. And it was just funny. And the other thing, you know, obviously being from the New York City area, a cab and offering $300 for him to sit there for five hours. I mean, that's ridiculously low. And then by the end of the night, because he looked back at her too many times, it was 140. I'm like, he could have made that in an hour, you know, just yeah. making a few rides. So that was also a WTF. And I was trying to look for the address because they had did mention when she got in the cab first, 31 Water Street in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know where they were coming from. And, I, and when I watched it a couple of times to try to see, they didn't really tell you where the other wedding was. So I couldn't see because that could easily be another plot hole. New York City traffic is ridiculous on yes. an evening. So there's no way you could easily get back going to Brooklyn and maybe back to Manhattan or wherever the other wedding was. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned already wearing the sari in the car. I'm Indian and I don't even know how to nicely wear (laughs) one, you know, so it was funny. I mean, it was very cute. I loved the scene. Right. It was one of my favorites, but it was also WTF. But I thought it was a very fun entrance to the movie and it was a really good start to it. So I really enjoyed that. Yeah. In terms of that, okay, my other WTFs are from other things. So you can tell me about this scene. More yeah. Before. So my, I mean, again, maybe this is incredibly nitpicky, but just logistically, you cannot be a bridesmaid for two different weddings on the same day. Right. Being a bridesmaid for one day, it requires an entire day's worth of events. You wake up, you get your hair and makeup done, you take photos, you like just hang out with the bride, you like attend to her every need. Jane here just swoops in right before the wedding. (laughs) No, that doesn't work. As someone who's been a bridesmaid, it's literally an all-day event. Yeah. And her hair is different. She kept changing her hair. I mean, that's not going to happen. You can't go back to your beautiful updo after you take it down for the one. You know, and they show, obviously, both of the brides peeing and she's helping, you know, hold the gowns. I mean, what if she had to pee an hour earlier? Where were you at that point, Jane? Mm -hmm. You know? So it's totally WTF. Still liked it, but totally WTF. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) What other scenes for you? Okay. So other WTFs were... Is it legal to print pictures of somebody else in a newspaper Mm. without her permission? Now, she did agree to be interviewed thinking the story was about her sister, but the pictures and all that. So that I was like, especially in this day and age now where Mm -hmm. everybody will sue you for anything. That's a big deal. So I wasn't sure and I don't know what the laws are. And that's why I thought that was interesting. That's a great one. Kevin never dresses up for the weddings. He wears jeans, a blazer, and sneakers. I mean, come on. You're going to stick out like a sore thumb. He's at these black tie events, and he's in the same ones. And it's always the same outfit, too, it seems, because when they show him at the wedding at the end where he's working, it it was just very funny because he's a very good-looking guy, and he just looks all, you know, blah. Yeah, he's like, come on. You're better than this. I want to see you in a tux, man, you know? (laughs) I know. That is really strange. (laughs) I did notice that as well. Like, why is Kevin, like, not dressing nicer? And I I wonder if that was – 
I don't think that was the fashion in 2008. No. But like, he's still a professional. He's got to exactly. show some kind of respect to these couples that he's interviewing. And you would think at the wedding that you would want to blend in instead of stick out, right? So you mm. would just get dressed up just to, and he could wear the same black suit or tux to every single wedding that he goes yeah. to. Yeah, so. great point. Jane jumping onto the boat at the end. I mean, the workers <laughs> didn't say anything. And clearly she did like a mini leap and is jumping over this thing. I mean, that that was interesting. It was just a comical one, but a little one. And mm-hmm. then, I mean, granted, this was th- 13 years ago. So today I wouldn't wait for my sister to arrive home to complain about an article, like a phone call or a text would have been yep. sent immediately. So I said, and there's other signs too, um, or I'm sorry, not signs, other times in the movie when you're like, why didn't you guys just call each other or text mm-hmm. each other? You waited for in person for something that seemed so important. Like when she took the wallet to him and then walks in on the proposal <laughs> and then he repeats twice. She's not the one. She's not, She's the, not one. the one. Yeah. Her face oh, was like, Jane. I know I felt so bad for her there. I'm like, Oh no, you're not the one for him or anyone for that matter right now. So that's so sad. But you know, you think you might just text and be like, do you need your wallet? Where are you? You know, so it was just interesting because today it's just text is such the mode of communication, which Mm -hmm. I also dislike a little bit. I do enjoy talking to people on the phone. It's just when you have a quick second, you text someone, right? But some people have meaningful, deep, all day long conversations and it's all via text. So it's very interesting. But you know, when Mm -hmm. something is major, you would think call them first, maybe. So I thought that was interesting, but that might be just... The fact that we text so much now and maybe, I mean, 2008, I mean, we all had cell phones, right? That was thinking back to the end of college. So, but you know, when you look at how things evolve, when we always talk about like, would it play well today? It would be interesting because they would have texted each other or sent a video of them screaming at each other and sent it, right? (laughs) Or something like that. Right. I actually put this under what hasn't aged super well or what would be changed if it were remade today because- I mean, upon this rewatch, it was just so glaring how no one had a smartphone. Like mm-hmm. BlackBerry was the phone of choice yes. at this time. <laughs> he gifts her a BlackBerry at the end to replace her Filofax, yeah. which, you know, also <laughs> just so dated. I love it. But yeah, it's it was just so glaring. No one had any smart technology at this time and mm-hmm. things would definitely be different. So I have a few maybe minor little like nitpickier mm-hmm. We mentioned Jane's apartment in New York City. Again, like this is such a trope. Every rom-com does this. Uh, She lives on her own. She's an assistant and she's paying for all these weddings. There's no way, in my opinion, she could afford this huge apartment. And I don't think she's monetizing off these weddings, you know, like she's putting her own money into helping her friends and she's not getting paid for anything. Right, right. Okay, so I mentioned George earlier also. Like Tess is problematic, but George is as well. Mm Mm-hmm. George proposes to Tess, I don't I don't know, like maybe within two, three weeks, like definitely less than a month when Tess is home, which is not to say that it doesn't happen. But for someone who is as attractive and successful as George is, he must have some kind of, I don't know, following of women who want to date him. Mm-hmm. And then Tess just comes out of nowhere and she's just lying. And I don't know, I just, I don't get them two together. I don't buy it. Yeah, I didn't love their relationship. And then because yeah. you and then because you don't like Tess, right? Or you yeah. know, the, as the watcher, you are even more annoyed when he picks her, you know, because you're like, mm-hmm. you have this this lovely girl who has done everything for you. Granted, he might not have known, but they do say in the movie that everybody in the office knows other than him, basically. <laughs> so <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. And Tess has zero guilt. Like she's made up, as you mentioned, like when you start dating somebody, yeah, you probably fib here and there like, oh, I really like sports, but you actually don't really like sports. But I think she's just, it's extreme. She's entirely changed all of her interests to match exactly George's. And 
for George to immediately buy into that is a little WTF. Agreed. Um, I caught this on my rewatch also, and I haven't really put a lot of thought into this, but both Tess and Jane want to create their parents' wedding at the boathouse. I guess it's sweet, but is that weird to recreate your parents' wedding? I mean, my parents were arranged marriage, so I never wanted to recreate that scenario. <laughs> I mean, and also, Tess doesn't even really want to. I feel like yeah, she was like, oh, Jane, I know you always wanted to. Is that okay? You know, and, you know, she never talked about it or anything. I think, yeah, she just swoops in and wants the dress and doesn't really want the dress, but wants everything. But then mm-hmm. Jane, like, actually wanted it. And, you know, I think yeah. also maybe because Jane lost her mom, it could change things. I think maybe that would be a way to honor right. her. And that's the difference, right? But um, mm-hmm. because, you know, I... I wore my mom's wedding sari for like one of the parts of the ceremonies, not the main one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, obviously a style of a sari changes a little bit, but it's still a, the same thing, you know, so it was fine to wear actually versus, you know, wedding gown styles change. They change mm-hmm. so frequently. But no, I didn't. I wanted to take aspects of it that I liked about a traditional wedding, but then also put my own flair onto it. So I never really wanted to recreate exactly what they had I wanted to make it my own but I think for Jane it was probably also influenced by the fact that she lost her mom and so that was a way to honor it and I guess she just looked at the ideal wedding or marriage that her parents had before Mm. she died and she just wanted to maybe start it off that way or whatever but you know it's also interesting because kids might have that idealic view of their parents marriage and they don't really know what's going on always you know so it's interesting that's a good point um, so Kevin, as we know, he is the vows commitments writer. And as we mentioned at the top of this, neither of us did that for our own weddings, but he seems to be around a lot in, in interviewing like the family and the bride and the groom. And is this normal? He's around all the time. Yeah, like he went to like the food tasting, right? He met them and it's like, really? I mean, I guess he had slightly ulterior motives because he was trying to write about Jane, but you know, or the, you know, even them as the bride and groom to be, they're like, oh yeah, he needs to be around to ask all the questions and be at the cake tasting and all that. And it's like, you know, that doesn't really make sense. Yeah. And at the end he's, Jane finds him at a wedding, reporting at a wedding. And I'm like, do the reporters actually show up on the day of the wedding? That seems interesting to me. I, I'd be fascinated to learn if this is actually what it takes to be a commitments journalist. <laughs> I but I, in my mind, I don't think it's that deep. And I think what he's writing and their love story is different than, you know, just your announcement, right? So it's not an right. announcement because that's, you know, the engagement part. So I think it does help probably to get a big picture. And maybe that's how we can write it so well. And then you end with how the wedding was the mm-hmm. final after all this prep. How did it go? And I guess by talking to other guests, you learn more about the couple, but then it's like, do you want all that shared in an article about you in the first place? I don't know. (laughs) So yeah, for me, it's mostly just like, I feel like these conversations would maybe happen after the wedding, because as we, you know, a wedding is a big day, any kind of moments taken away from celebration and mingling with your guests, it doesn't seem like the right place to be I don't know, interviewed? Like, I'm thinking back about my wedding day. If I had a journalist, like, talk about, oh, what does this day mean to you? I'd be like, I don't have time for you, A. Like, (laughs) B, what do you mean? Like, this is maybe the best day of my life at the moment. So anyway, that's super nitpicky. But Mm -hmm. um, have you been to a themed wedding before? I don't think so. I mean, I think things have themes like 
I went to a wedding in the Hudson River Valley at a vineyard. And so sometimes things are like wine related or the gifts are wine themed Mm. like that, but not to this extent by any (laughs) means of like recreating like when, you know, the gone with the wind wedding. And she's like, I've been to four. Like, really? That's ridiculous. Why would anyone want to look like that on their wedding day who knows but agree (laughs) it just reminds you of like you know a vegas wedding like just going to chapel Mm. being you know who would want to dress up as elvis and go get married that makes no sense but yeah you know to some people it does it's cool you know and you're like okay this is an interesting experience but i don't think i've been to one right i think you know themes in terms of decor that kind of thing but not yeah. Like every aspect of the wedding being, you know, related to some movie or, you know. Right. Yeah. Being LA themed wedding, you know, it was like so <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. That was kind of a WTF for me. Like gone yeah. with the wind wedding, LA wedding, a scuba wedding, which. Right. You're like, maybe for a picture, but the whole wedding can't be underwater. Yeah. You know? That's a little weird for <laughs> sure. I loved it. Okay. So what are your thoughts on the ending? I liked it. I thought it was cute. I thought. The way they brought back, you know, when she's walking down the aisle and she's kind of talking like how he's looking at her and it was really Mm -hmm. cute. And of course he's dreamy. Who doesn't want to walk down the aisle to James Marsden? Totally, totally. I think I like that she evolved a little bit and it wasn't always the wedding that she wanted. She wasn't wearing the dress. It was on a beach, which Mm -hmm. I don't know. You know, they didn't, I don't think they said it was probably maybe somewhere in Long Island. I don't know, but it wasn't her dream wedding. And then, you know, ended up being her dream guy at the end. But I think lots of things were unexpected. He was the type of guy that she didn't expect to end up with. The wedding Mm -hmm. wasn't the one she expected and that's okay. And then, you know, it was cute, corny, but cute to have all the bridesmaids there dressed in their own dresses. And I wanted to be like, didn't you learn anything? Wouldn't you want them wearing something nice? So your pictures would come out there, but, but it was cute. And then I liked the scene at the end where they introduce all the characters, like with the newspaper as a, you know, a mm. commitments column. I thought that was cute. So yeah. yeah, I liked it. I didn't, again, I didn't, I didn't tear up. So it might've been nice to have something about some aspect of the wedding or when, I don't know, it just, the wedding itself was cute and nice mm. and I would have enjoyed it being there, but I didn't feel that emotion. Cause a lot of the weddings I go to when, they're speaking if they do their own vows, especially I always tear up or mm-hmm. if, um, you know, I mean, when it's your friends, you're so happy for them too. So you're, you know, more excited, but you know, even in movies when, you know, the best man speech or the bridesmaid speech is so good and it's just so sweet and it makes me emotional. And so here I didn't, you know, it was just like a quick scene too. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a main focus. So I didn't get that emotion at all, but I liked it. I thought it was cute. I just didn't feel that tear jerked or anything. Yeah. That's a good point. It would have been interesting to see their vows written to each other. I think that that may have been more of an emotional payoff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it was cute, again, to see the 27 dresses. I thought it was a nice nod to the general theme of the movie. Mm-hmm. You mentioned we get to see Kevin's face. It was great. <laughs> His reaction was like, I bought it. He was very happy to see Jane walking down the aisle. I, I did make a note that I didn't love when she got to him at the end of the aisle and he asks, is this everything you hoped it would be? And she says, no, it's more, much more. I was like, I don't need this. It's so cheesy. It didn't need to happen for me. Right. Yeah, I like your idea of the vows would have been a little bit more interesting to have seen. I mean, I guess when she goes after him at the last wedding that he's writing for and Mm. she does give a little bit of a speech, but even then... I was happy she was going to get him. It wasn't super emotional. I didn't tear up at all then either because that could have been a potential point where you could have teared up. Yeah. I didn't. It didn't do it for me there. I enjoyed it, yeah. but it just wasn't the same way that in other movies that I have teared up. Same. You mentioned Casey as one of your favorite characters in this movie. Do you have anything <laughs> to add to this? Yes. Two lines that are amazing for her were yes. when 
<laughs> she's like, you know, because Jane looks at her hair because it's just like in a messy bun. And she's like, it's up. The bitch set up. It's up. <laughs> I love that. And then I love her in the yoga class scene where she's just yes. being a good best friend. And she's like, that bitch, you know? And it's like, everybody's looking. The instructor is like hitting the gong, like quiet, you know? And then she's like, it doesn't technically say you can't talk during the class, you know? She's just... I think all of the the lines that she has, and she's pretty present in the movie too for a side character. She's mm. always around and she just lightens it up. And, and with her funny too, we didn't mention that when Tess wants Casey to be her bridesmaid and Jane is like, yeah. my Casey? And she's like, well, she's pretty and she'll look good in the dress. It's like, you know, <laughs> what? And then Casey's like, I want to say no just because I have to, but fine. If it makes your life easier, I'll do it for you, you know? Mm. Yeah, Casey's great. I think every line is really really great i'm trying to think one of my favorite lines is at the co-workers engagement party i think mm-hmm. it's the scene where george and tess meet and casey's like you gotta you know this is your moment you gotta confess your love and that whole scene where casey's just like what good is it if no one is naked or yeah. like what's the point <laughs> we need to have more inter-office sex like she's yeah. just no filter just really trying to just say her truth Right. And in terms of that, with just saying her truth with the bridesmaids dresses, she's like, what good is it to wear these ugly dresses unless some bride, like a groomsman is like ripping it off of you? you know? yeah. <laughs> she's fun. It's really, really cute. I like her yeah, a lot. Yeah, one of the best parts. And it's mm-hmm. interesting because I think in her role in general in the other movies, she's a side character as well. She is always so different than the main character, you know, so they're like best friends, but so Mm -hmm. different from each other and you know you need that sometimes right I mean you're not always I mean not that always opposites attract but in this case she's so different than Jane Mm -hmm. but so different yeah but they still care about each other a lot and they're great as best friends but it's I mean she's like a reality check too oh the other thing she does she slaps her in the face in the office which is amazing (laughs) and then Jane doesn't even get mad she just is like I needed that okay fine you're right you know so it was great so she's just so real you know I mean I'm not so blunt or so crazy but I do see a little bit of myself in that sometimes I with some Mm. of my friends try to be like let's be realistic here you know Mm -hmm. yeah and then especially at the end when Jane blows everything up by doing this slideshow and telling the truth yes yeah it's Casey who's like you know I'm not (laughs) you know I'm not the most ethical person but she also brings it back to reality she's like it would have been the right thing to do if you feel better but do you feel better about it right right I would want to be friends yes, with someone yes. like Casey. Who can like tell you and be be open with you, even if it's not necessarily what you want to hear, but can still, that's the kind of, that's a really good best friend, right? Not someone who's just going to agree with everything, even if you're wrong, right? It's someone who mm-hmm. can bring you back to reality and make you feel good. And bringing up that scene, we didn't talk about it. I loved it. It's super passive aggressive, but I loved it. It was yes. really fun. <laughs> it was so fun seeing their faces the whole time. And it was like everybody's mm. faces at the party. It was really funny. So yes. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a big one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so do you think, I mean, they get married, but do you think that Jane and Kevin make it as a couple? I think so. I think they're both going into it, wanting it to be a long-term relationship and wanting it to work out. They mentioned briefly Kevin had been left by his mm-hmm. prior fiance, And so I think when he wants something now, right? Because after going through that, if you're going to get into it with someone, you would probably only want to get into it if you really thought it could work out. Mm -hmm. 
um, you don't really get too much of his views. Like just because he's a commitments writer doesn't necessarily mean that he wants that for himself, but it seems like right. he's a really good guy. And, you know, you hope when they're a good guy, when you get married to them, that yeah. they're going to stay that way. And Jane seems to really want it to work and had been waiting all that time to find mm. the right one. So you hope that that would be the right one that she actually ended up pulling the trigger with and getting married to. So I think characters staying together, I also try to relate it to real world. If there's people who really want to make it work, then you try to, right? Obviously, you can't account for all circumstances, but I think Mm so. I think they're both going into it wanting to. They're a little bit older, so it seems like they're more mature and they can make it work. So yeah, I think so. I think they stay together. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you as well. Um, I think that Kevin is a really important person in her life because he's kind of the one who's helped Jane realize like she needs more of a balance in her life, that she finally has stood up for herself and he is trying to encourage her to do so. So I think that that's what Jane needs, kind of a balance. And Jane probably brings a little bit more, not positivity, but you know, we, we meet Kevin and he's very cynical about love and all these things, but they, they seem to balance each other out pretty well. Yeah. So we see Tess and George reconnect at the end of this wedding. Do you think that they get back together and work things out too? Uh, I'm going to say no, because that would be terrible. But then it's also like, who cares? Because Jane has her man now. So it's not like Mm -hmm. Tess is taking George away. I mean, they still don't have anything in common. So I think other than the looks that he likes, I don't think they have anything in common. Although she is more honest now. So maybe if they retried it, they could at least see being honest with each other, you know, because opposites do attract sometimes, right? So Mm -hmm. I mean, I could see them maybe dating again, but I don't know if they would actually make it. Yeah, agree. I think that Tess has grown a lot, probably. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of, yeah, do they have any interests? And can they make things work based on that? But I don't know. I also don't know. I'm not sold on that. Yeah. Did the music mean anything to you in this movie? I liked the Benny and the Jets. That was fun. And the point yeah. about them singing that, obviously, they were a few drinks in or a few shots in. <laughs> um, yeah. I think to sing to somebody else is a very personal thing. Maybe not for everybody. Obviously, if you're a professional singer or you're an amazing singer, it's you know natural. You're a good singer. So, of course, you would sing in front of everybody. But I think most people find it a little hard to sing in front of other people because it makes you a little bit more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that they could and then the lyrics right when I don't know lyrics I just say whatever and of course with my husband now I like I you know I'm not vulnerable in anything I'm like yeah sure I sound like an idiot but that's fine because you love me anyway you know but yeah they, they just don't really know each other that well yet and for that scene I think that was also a connection I thought the whole lyric thing was so funny because that's mm-hmm. so true so many songs you know we sing now and you're like oh that's what the words are you know so yeah I thought that yeah. scene was really nice so that song specifically stuck out for me during this movie I tried to look back at the soundtrack or, you know, other songs. And, you know, obviously there were a ton of songs during the wedding scene in the beginning, you know, obviously Mm -hmm. classic wedding songs, but that didn't really connect with me. So this scene, because Benny and the Jets had such a big scene in the movie and it was also where they connected and it was a fun scene and funny. And then they finally hook up. I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. I think same for me. This is like the only big moment, musical moment. It's such a true depiction of just singing along without the words. Like Frank, he he also just will sing songs, which I think are very obvious words, but he still (laughs) makes up all his own words. I'm like, how, Frank, think about the words you're singing. Do they make any sense? He's like, who cares? And I'm like, all right, yeah, I guess it's endearing. But in the moment, he's he's free and he's just singing whatever he wants. And the fact that he's singing is great. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, It's just fun to laugh at him about it. Um, So you and I have rated this movie similarly a 6.5, but what are your thoughts? Do you think this movie is a beloved one in terms of the rom-com genre? I think so because it's, it's cute. It's fun. 
it's a cute concept. I don't think it's beloved in terms of one that, like you said, I think some other ones that might be more beloved would be ones that you cry in and that you really feel a more emotional connection to maybe. But Mm -hmm. I really did like it and thought it was very cute and fun. So I think it's popular. Yeah. Would I have a ton of my friends seen it? I actually don't know. I should probably ask them and just say, like, have you actually yeah. seen this movie? Obviously, I know anytime I watch a rom-com, I know you have either heard about it or seen it, you know, <laughs> but that's not all of our friends. So, right. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's kind of beloved, actually. I basically, This is based off no research, but I think there is like a cult following for this movie mm. just because as women, a lot of us have been to so many weddings. Mm-hmm. And again, like a lot of us have either wanted to be bridesmaids or have done the bridesmaid thing. So it's relatable on many accounts. And I think a lot of us, I'll speak for myself, we identify with being a people pleaser. So I think that there is some some truth, I guess, to this movie, which might be too big of a word to use, but it's not critically acclaimed for sure. It's so tropey and leans in hard to the rom-com world. But yeah, I agree with you. It's light. It's fluffy. I just I think this will be a movie that people see, but I, I, it's not like, oh, rom-com, you got to see this movie. Right, right. We talked a little bit about this already, but do you have any other thoughts if if this movie is aged well? No, I think the biggest one for me was just seeing the technology change and it's only 13 years, you know, it's not like it was 35 years ago or something, you know, and so much has changed and that's going to continue. Something we're watching made today is going to feel so obsolete maybe 10 years from now, right? So Mm -hmm. technology keeps advancing. But otherwise, I think so. I mean, I think the same idea of weddings and bridesmaids, you know, it's not a theme or a concept that has changed other than maybe Mm -hmm. like you said, as we've gotten older, people might not be so into so many bridesmaids and having everyone match and look exactly the same, etc. But it's still a theme because people are still going to have weddings forever, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming, you know, but and then you think back fondly, right? Like if I watch this again, when I'm 50, I'll say, Oh, yeah, I remember when we wanted to be bridesmaids. Now I just want to go and enjoy, you know, (laughs) so yeah, I think so. What about you? Yeah, I I think it's aged pretty well. I think, yeah, other than the technology thing, agree. I did make a note that if this movie were to be made today, I think Jane would uh, have some LGBTQ friends and that she wouldn't just be helping out hetero friends just to be more inclusive. Yes, yes, I agree. When you bring that up quickly, I just thought of one of her bridesmaid outfits is a suit. Yes. So that could have Maybe they didn't really go into detail about that one, but maybe Mm. there was something there in terms of, or it could have just been someone who was like, I want to be different, but you know, so they didn't, they didn't have, you know, LGBTQT, but they had kind of like the Gothic look, I guess you could call it for one of the bridesmaids outfit, you know, so maybe they were, they had a little bit diversity in that sense, but right in terms of actual people, but I didn't think they had, you know, because sometimes I see some old rom-coms and there's things that would totally not be PC today, but I don't think this movie mm-hmm. really had anything that I thought of not being PC. Can you think of anything from this one? I don't No, I actually, yeah, there's no like glaring gay jokes or like fat shaming jokes. Yeah, they all seemed pretty PC. The only thing was the Ola Pedro thing, but Ola I think it was, Pedro. yeah, I think that might be the only thing that you're like, mm. but it also yeah. just shows you you know what a dummy she is you know exactly exactly because again it's i guess laughing at her like the stereotypes that she puts because remember he he's like cleaning their apartment right and he's Mm. you know with the name pedro assuming he's hispanic you know and so maybe that you could say was a little stereotypical but yeah that's actually a really weird moment i i I don't know why why was that even like a subplot i don't know that wasn't necessary i think it just was an example to show how she also 
is crazy and is like lying to him about his little brother. I don't know, but it was, just, yeah. they could have done without that and done something different or cuter or something mm-hmm. more meaningful instead of that stupid thing. Yeah. I thought that was weird. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I have some trivia for you. Okay. There's actually not a lot. So entertainment weekly did a reunion for the main cast like two mm. years ago. And what I found here is that the writer, Aline Brosh McKenna, who actually is the writer of crazy ex-girlfriend, that TV show. Oh. She also wrote devil wears Prada. So she's done some pretty big things. She actually wanted Jane to end up not with a man. Like she didn't want a wedding at the for the end of the movie. She wanted mm. Jane to go out on her own and go on a first date with someone in a very healthy way. Mm. But I think for a movie like 27 Dresses, you, you have to end with a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> Catherine Heigl actually says that she would be so down for a sequel. In her mind, she created the sequel to be where Tess and George get married. They have three kids. Jane is very involved in the kids' lives as their godmother. Like she plans all their christenings and their birthdays. Meanwhile, Jane and Kevin are still together, but they can't get pregnant. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know if we need that. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm good with the way things ended. Um, So I actually have the DVD for this movie. Mm. And I was going through the special features and the deleted scenes in particular. So the only one I think that's worthy to mention is there's this whole scene of George, his dog, his name Mm. is Gatsby, Mm -hmm. right? So Gatsby is a small moment in the movie. But in addition to when Jane finds out about Pedro cleaning the apartment, and we know that Tess doesn't like dogs, Tess puts Gatsby in a doggy daycare. But we find out that Tess actually brought him to the Humane Society and they were about to put Gatsby down Jane flips out on Tess and Tess just like is, I know I messed up. I'm so sorry. I I didn't mean for that to happen. I think it was just to show that Tess is so clueless. Like she has zero idea about anything. But ultimately, yeah, I'm glad that they cut that. They didn't need that. Yeah, that seems a little extra. But yeah, I think we can wrap it up. But do you have any last thoughts or last takes before we sign off? When I was reading about just how sometimes looking at plot holes and flaws, there's like articles and things you can find Mm -hmm. online. So one was because I did mention that one was a suit. So it said technically it should be 26 dresses and a suit, not 27 dresses because they're not a dress. Exactly. So I thought that was, you know, a little technicality, semantics, but still. I was like, that's interesting. That's true. (laughs) That's a good point. But yeah, no, I think we... We went through everything and it was really fun to chat with you about the movie. Yeah. I think my only takeaway is that I do miss going to weddings and I look forward to going to them again. Maybe I'll be eating my words because wedding season is is rough sometimes, especially if you're traveling a lot. But ultimately, I, I do miss wedding season, I think. Same. I look forward to traveling again for them. They're still fun. And when they're with a group of people that it's a lot about the guests too, obviously with the couple you care about, but they're busy, right? So Mm -hmm, it's also about who you're going with. So, you know, it's always fun when it's someone from college and then the whole group is going to be there or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever point in your life. It's sometimes a little harder to go to a wedding when you're, you know, you know the couple really well and then, you know, a couple other people, you know, we still have fun and Zach and I are pretty personable. So we, you know, enjoy meeting other people, but 
again, if you're like, great, I had a whole weekend off and then now I'm going to this wedding and I don't really know anybody, you know, Mm -hmm. so hopefully we have some good upcoming weddings, but they're going to start dwindling down, right? As we get older, because most of our friends, I still have a few friends that are going to be getting married, but it's not going to ever be crazy season like it was probably in our late 20s, early 30s. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. I've noticed that and I'm okay with it. You know, It, it is nice to have like one or two weddings a year, something to look forward to, to see everybody but I don't mind the slowing of the seasons either. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thanks for doing this, Narupa. I look forward to chatting more again in the future. Sounds good. I enjoyed it as well. Thanks to all tuning in to another episode of Romcom Weekly. You can check us out on Instagram at Romcom Weekly. Please subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And let us know what you think of this movie. What would you rate this on a scale from one to 10? And we'll chat with you again next week. Bye. Thank you.